Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. If you're going through any of life transitions, this program is for you. Joyce is president and founder of Joy After Divorce, a one-on-one coaching practice that helps women rebuild and redesign their lives after divorce. As a certified coach, she's had extensive training, including mentoring and training by Jack Canfield of the Chicken Soup book series. Joyce is also a member of Leadership Texas. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host and coach, Joyce Buford. Good morning. I'm very happy to be here with you this morning. It's a beautiful day in Tyler, Texas. And I wanted you to know that you're listening to Second Wind with Joyce. This is a program focused at women and our lives. And it's focused at women that are in transition, because we are always in transition. So when our life changes sometimes, it's an easy or not so easy transition, and we might need an extra push. And that's why we're here for you, to help you by giving you ideas or suggestions of how you might move forward and move through your challenge. As a coach, that is my important job to do, is help you move forward. Enjoy where you are, but reach for tomorrow as well. Today, we have a very interesting guest, and in her title is the word philanthropy. And so, not hearing that word as often as we do, but it's more than we used to, I decided to go to my encyclopedia. You know, when I was growing up, Mom and Dad always had the the books, the encyclopedias for us to use as reference material. Now, these days, we use our handy-dandy computer and go to Wikipedia. So I looked up the word philanthropy, and this is what it told me. Philanthropy means love of humanity in the sense of caring for, or nurturing, developing, and enhancing what it is to be human, both from the benefactor side, the giver side, and the beneficiary side, the receiver side. Philanthropy attempts to solve problems at their root. The difference between giving a hungry man a fish and teaching him how to fish for himself. I love that explanation. A person who practices philanthropy is called a philanthropist. There you go. Early in the 20th century, many professionals considered the word philanthropy to sound unnecessarily pretentious and even a little pompous. But since the 21st century, the word philanthropy began to re-enter the American vocabulary. By 1997, a Massachusetts project of foundations, corporations, and donors started to increase charitable giving through donor education. And this was done through the Center on a Catalog for Philanthropy. 
1998, leading national grant makers funded a collaborative project to increase charitable giving through regional organizations, thus creating the community foundations that we have locally in East Texas and in other communities as well. Now, the big picture with wealth changed when the high-tech global, with the high-tech global economy, because they accumulated great fortunes exceeding even those of the previous centuries. An example would be Bill Gates. So therefore, Bill Gates, once he created his money, he is now in his second career, which is managing his work through his philanthropy efforts. Individual philanthropists began to become chic, very chic, and attract the celebrities of popular arts. Commercial movies and adapted the word and the idea and have led us into a world of philanthropy. So there you have a little more in-depth knowledge of what that word means to us today. Our guest today is Dawn Franks. Now this lady has spent her entire career in the philanthropic world here in East Texas. She is a certified leadership strategist, facilitator, and a certified advisor in philanthropy. And she was certified by 2164, which is an interesting name, for a division of the Andrea and Charles Proffman Philanthropies, help me, Don, in New York, as a consultant to multi-generational families. Her career has led through many leadership organizations. She's led the United Way of Tyler. And we met actually many years ago when she was co-founder and executive director of the East Texas Crisis Center, which you know the crisis centers are related to women in crisis. In the past few years, she has been closely associated with the president of the Fourth Partner Foundation, which is partner organization, which has been very influential with philanthropic giving in the East Texas area. As a facilitator and a coach, Don works for the foundations, corporations, corporation executives, and nonprofit. So that would be the organizations that are not for profit, meaning like the United Way, Discovery Science Place, museums, uh, organizations that collect monies but keep the monies in the organization, do not disperse the monies outside. As of this last year, 2013, Don is now president of your philanthropy. So, Dawn, I welcome you to this uh, Thank you. program this morning. That I'm word is going to catch here. me. <laughs> that word <laughs> philanthropy is going to catch me more than once. You know, you kind of have to roll your tongue around. 
Yes, yes. It's pretty do. catchy. It is catchy. When we, ch- when, we, when we put that in our official name, we started having people tell us we, they couldn't get the email right. And I said, well, at least by the end of the day, you will know how to spell it, even if you can't say it. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky all the way around. But it tell is. me about, it was so interesting to read your your uh, bio, because what is 2164? That's a very interesting name. Is that actually it, where it, you began your education on this, in this well, area? Well, it, it isn't. It, it's where I got some classroom education, might be a good way okay. of describing it. Uh, yeah. Because I'd say I really started my education on the job, and I learned a lot of it, of what I do now on the job. But yeah. um, in the... Um, the Bronfman Foundation is in New York City as a very well-known foundation nationally and very, very well-known in the New York area. And so as I understand it, their story is that when uh, people kept coming to them saying, how do, we, how do we do this? How do we you know, mm-hmm. become a more philanthropic family? How do we learn to do what you've done? How do we someday maybe have a foundation like you have? And they did so much coaching they finally decided to establish a consulting they so they spun off a consulting firm and they named it 2164 and the name it actually means that in many families where um where there are assets where there is wealth of any kind it is very common for the uh, an individual to reach the age of 21 before they really ever learn anything about the resources Mm -hmm. that the family has and it is very common for on the other end a person to be 64 years of age before they ever decide to even talk to their children or their grandchildren about the issue Ah, that's where the name came from two really key points in life Um, Mm -hmm. 21 you're transitioning into adulthood and learning about your responsibilities 64 you're looking back at those who will follow you and hoping that they're prepared and wondering what else you need to do right. to make that happen. Right. Uh, briefly, before we go to our break, uh, do when we talk about philanthropy, do we assign a value to where you go from just general donating and giving to an organization to becoming a, a philanthropist? Is there a way to assign a value, or is that just an overall general term for a giver? It has become an overall general term. You're correct, okay. as you as you talked about earlier in the show. In, many years ago, it really meant someone who had great wealth and capacity and could make very large gifts. Mm-hmm. Today... I could, be considered, I could be considered a philanthropist who has merely decided to um, give um, significantly from their resources mm-hmm. at whatever level they are, even their okay. volunteer time, an important part of that. Oh, I like that. I, I like that they bring in the volunteer time. I was going, My next question was, was it only money? Because I think giving time is so important to an organization. Now, so this, this younger generation very much about how to give of themselves and want to be directly involved, and so giving of their time is um, a big part of how they make a philanthropic connection to to many things in the world. Yes, 
Um, somewhere I've heard that women love to give that way. Women like to connect with organizations. So before we get into that much in depth, we are going to take a short break. And so I'm going to ask our listeners to be with back with us shortly. We are going to continue talking about philanthropy. Philanthropy appeals and it can begin with you and with me. So return as we learn more from Dawn. We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. Get the competitive edge and take your success to the next level with the Gold Medal Success Show and your host, Forrest Fisher, six-time U.S. National Gold Medalist. Tune in every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central, 6 Pacific, here on the Rockstar Radio Network as Forrest gives you access into the mindset of true champions and helps you apply these success principles to your life and business for immediate results. Each show will feature guest athletes and business experts who have achieved tremendous success and are ready to share their stories of struggle, glory, tragedy, and triumph, revealing tips and strategies Forrest and these guest experts use to propel themselves to world-class success. Many people live their whole lives wanting more. The Gold Medal Success Show will demonstrate that anyone can have a more fulfilling and satisfying life when they put a few basic principles into play. Make every day game day. With the Gold Medal Success Show, each Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Central, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford. Good morning. You are listening to Don Frank, uh, the president of Your Philanthropy, and we are talking about giving this morning. So, Don, just before the break, we had mentioned that young people like to give of their time these days, having more time than money in their early part of their life. But I remember in one of your workshops that I participated in, that you referred to that women like to connect and work in the organization to determine who they give to. Is that correct? Yes. Is that still? Yes. There's, 
No question about that. Um, women are much more likely to be engaged in a hands-on way with the causes that they really care about and are committed to. Um, and and it's, it, starts, it starts very early. It starts when your children go to school and you suddenly become involved with PTAs and then, you know, you, mm. you move on to finding time to actually be involved with a nonprofit in your community or, you know, giving of your time somewhere along the way for even maybe short-term projects and sometimes long-term mm-hmm. projects. Mm-hmm. Do you see that women's shift they're giving? I know it's totally connected to the children during the child-rearing years, but do you see their gifts change or the areas change after the children have grown up and left? Do you see that happen? Yeah, I, I, I think that once um, they've gotten past those early years where so much of mm-hmm. themselves goes into raising their children, that they begin to find time to find where their own heart is and what yes. really touches them at the deepest level. And then um, they, you know, begin to kind of search around to be involved in ways that, um, that touch that. And I think it's important to note that sometimes we get involved with organizations because a friend asks us to do that. It isn't something that we care deeply about, but we're doing it for a friend or a family Mm -hmm. member. And Mm -hmm. that's that's an important and great way to give back, Um, but it's not um, as meaningful um, and does not have the really deep impact that finding that those one or two places that really touch you the deepest and really where you feel like you're having the most you're making the most difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Well, I think when you're connected to your heart in working and giving, then it, you're happier. And so it's, it changes from being a duty to a real gift. Yes, it's exactly right. Because right. There's, no, there's no question that you, you know when somebody is doing something because they're being nice or Mm -hmm. because they have to do it, compared to the enthusiasm and the excitement, the passion that you just feel from someone Mm -hmm. who is doing something simply because it's coming from from their heart. Right, yeah. Now, before we go into really developing the giver and talking about that part of the presentation, it's always my practice in this show to kind of connect our listeners Because I believe, connect them with you, and I believe that we come into this world knowing where we shine, where we actually connect, and we live in our, in the true essence of who we are. So I would, I would ask if you would take just a few minutes and tell me how you saw giving and how you are today, because this is your passion. But how did you see this play out in your earlier years as a little girl? Well, as as a child, um, I was raised in a um, a family that moved around a lot because my dad was in the military, and mm-hmm. um, so I was a young teenager before I was really ever um, involved in something where I was 
myself volunteering my time and giving back. I had seen my mother do some things at church. I'd seen my mother do mm-hmm. PTA, but mm-hmm. there were not great examples of giving. Uh, you know, I got a dime every Sunday to put in an envelope and put in the plate when it passed by at church and that sort of thing. Right. But beyond that, yeah. I didn't see all lots of examples. Very typical childhood, really, I would say, to what most yeah. people experience. And um, so then when I was a a young teenager, I got a chance to volunteer. Uh, We were living in Germany at the time. I had a chance to volunteer for the Red Cross and be a um, a helper, kind of a candy striper type position at the local uh, military hospital. That was the first experience I had where I was volunteering. But I would say that that experience was in my head more about working. I don't Mm -hmm. think I connected it to volunteering. And so then, really, I didn't probably make too many more connections around volunteering or giving until I got into college. And um, the college organization or two that I would be involved in would be um, uh, doing something to raise the money or to give back in some way, participating in some benefit for a local organization. So I did a little of that. But... um, my personal story really starts around the nonprofit community when I, as I was finishing up college and had an opportunity to hear about the need for a, at that time, a rape crisis center in our community. And I got involved with a group of women who wanted to make mm-hmm. that happen. And I was very yes. young. I mean, I'm literally 21, two years old. And I'm watching this, these women who work all day long and then go to meetings at night and you know, plan and you know, strategize and try to figure out how to create that. It was the beginning of my understanding about doing something that went beyond just what you had to do to survive, just to earn a living, just to raise your family, but doing something because you really believed in it and really wanted to see it happen. And mm-hmm. so I, I was um, drawn in. Um, to to that group of women and stay very connected with them and then involved in the very early years of developing the East Texas Crisis Center. Um, But I'm convinced that without realizing it, I was drawn to their passion because I hadn't found my own yet, but something was happening there. And I was drawn to it and the experience began to help me understand what it was like to give beyond just your everyday living um, right. part of life and mm-hmm. um, make something happen that touched other people. Yeah, you could. So in that organization, particularly since it works with women in crisis, you can see the effects. So, oh, it's so evident. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That was a great organization to start with. Um, and, and so... Just one other thing, a couple of years into that, as so many, mm-hmm. many um, other men and women volunteered to make that work, I began to mm-hmm. realize that I wasn't volunteering, I wasn't giving enough of myself. And that led me then to find oh. ways to volunteer for other organizations because I felt guilty. I was now working in this uh-huh. nonprofit, and I, uh-huh. um, and I felt I wasn't giving enough back. And so... Then I found myself getting involved with court-appointed special advocates or CASA to work with oh, kids in, yes. the, in the court system. So there was just this sense always for me of how do you give back. Mm. Yeah. And it's, um, 
I guess it is sort of learned, but I also believe it it's just part of the human um, personality or ingrained in us to want to help other people. And, I think that's uh, right. You know, I don't know what to call that, but it sure is the it's the human side of us, I would say, that we kind of have gotten out of touch. What? We're, it's at our core. The it's very at core, core of our being. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So you've had quite an impressive career in helping organizations and even going in and now helping families that do have larger uh, uh, funds to help train their children and introduce them into the giving world as well. So yeah. you you work all over the place, don't you? <laughs> all I, I do. I realms. do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes your job very yeah. interesting. Is yeah, there an area never... that is there an area that you particularly enjoy more than others? Um, actually, I would say I, I I'm drawn just to the challenge of the how to. Um, work with whether it's a group of individuals who are trying to figure out how to make something happen or mm-hmm. it's a family that's trying to figure out how they want to to be more philanthropic or they want to get their kids more involved I'm drawn to the challenge of how do we how do we find some answers to that mm-hmm. um, and and so I don't think it's so much um, for me, a particular a particular type of, of um, work. I don't think it's just families or it's just organizations. It's more about the challenge to get right. going. It's sort of a funny funny uh, problem that I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, learn teaching somebody, as you have said, is not a matter of just teaching. You almost have to show them what giving is about. Yes. You, yes, you almost you I, have to see the whole process, the giving I and the receiving. A, I had a great, great experience this summer. I'd been working with a family, and um, they had a um, an eighteen year old daughter who's about to go off to college, and um, she wanted to spend some time learning more about nonprofits and philanthropy. And she had it in her mind that she might even uh, get a major in nonprofit. And so she spent time okay. with me this summer. I'm going to, Dawn, I'm going yeah. to, because I don't want to cut this short, this interrupt okay. this story, because I know it's going to be great. Uh, we're okay. going to take a short break. And so right. I'm going to stop you right at the beginning, if I may. Okay. And uh, we will be taking our break here. And Dawn will tell us this wonderful story of how a young lady learned about giving this this summer at the age of 18. So I thank you for being here with us up until this time, and I do want you to return so we can listen to that story. You are listening to Don Franks, who is the president of Your Philanthropy and Second Wind with Joyce Buford, where we try to bring programs that will tease you into living your life. We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break.
Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Are you happy with your life? Satisfied with the direction you're taking? More importantly, are you content with the results you're seeing? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join host Brian K. Wright as he talks to experts in many areas relating to life success, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. Each week is a dose of inspiration. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. Success Profiles Radio is a show that will clearly demonstrate the principle, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't miss this opportunity to take control of your life and your results. Success Profiles Radio with Brian K. Wright. Mondays at 5 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford. We are listening today to Don Franks, who is the president of Your Philanthropy. And Don, just before the break, was getting ready to tell us about a young girl that has was connecting, was beginning her steps and connecting with her giving philosophy. So, Don, forgive me. Now let's finish that story. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Joyce. That's um, you're welcome. It was. I completely understand. You've got to take those breaks. Um, <laughs> I uh, I had a great summer uh, getting a chance to work with this young 18-year-old who's getting ready to go off to college, and she spent time with me. And um, just some of her time with me was just on the sort of the mundane of what it takes to do the work that I do. But in addition to that, she made about half a dozen site visits with me where we went to various nonprofits to learn about what they were doing and find out how some of the um, gifts that had been made to them were being used. And Mm -hmm. it was a very interesting experience for her, but equally important was the experience that I had just watching her and listening and learning from her just by the kind of questions that she asked. Because yes. she had a total, totally different um, view, totally different perception of how right. an organization right. might be doing its work. And I watched mm-hmm. the other adults struck by those questions and recognizing that they were indeed dealing with the next generation 
and they mm-hmm. better find the answers to those questions because those <laughs> questions were going were not going to go away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the actual the actual um, time spent with her, you know, on the way to an organization or back in the car after being at the organization, was some really the most valuable um, communication for me and for her. Um, because that's when we got to just kind of talk about what what I saw, what she saw, and how she saw, and wh- why she was feeling the way she was feeling. Um, and I would say to moms who might you know be listening to this show, who may already be involved in volunteering, giving of their time somewhere, finding ways to engage your children as well, so that you have that be- that before and after travel time. That mm-hmm. is some of the most important learning time for those kiddos you can possibly imagine. The, the time right. doing whatever the volunteer activity is, is, is important. You, they learn a lot. But what they, mm-hmm. where they deepen it is when they actually are thinking about it on the way or talking about what they experienced when they're going home. Right. Well, you brought up an um, important step that I think all givers need to be aware of, and that that is that they have the right as a donor to go into the nonprofit and ask to see and ask questions about the organization. That's whether you're giving them time or you're giving them money. In, In your efforts to support them, support that organization, you have that right to ask those questions. You know, if you ask a question, they can't give you the answer. They'll just politely say they can't if it's too personal or too. But usually they will answer your questions very openly. And then the other thing that I like that you said, Dawn, was that the new generation, you approach them differently than our generation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we were just talking about this at the symphony the other night, having started their new season, and it's how to reach the new um, audience. How do you reach the new audience? Because they totally are informed by totally different media. And so as nonprofits, you're challenged to adapt to your new donor, if you will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They they're much more they're much more used to engaged communication, um, not just and maybe I should even say say that it's two way communication. Mm-hmm. Um, I, one of the the things that I explained to the young woman I worked with was that while she had just come through those high, that a high school era where you feel like nothing that everything that you say is not being heard by your parents. Um, mm-hmm. And I was trying to explain to her, now that you're about to go off to college and you are the, the generation that everybody really wants to know how do we connect with, they're going mm-hmm. to be listening to you. I know you don't think they were listening when you were in high school, <laughs> but they are going to be listening to you now. So what, yeah. you know, your, your, your feelings, your thoughts, your ideas are very important. And frankly, they want to be listened to and they want to go ahead and tell you what they're thinking, and they really expect us as adults to get on with it and take them seriously and mm-hmm. do something about it. <laughs> yeah, it's a very mm-hmm. different generation than the one I came up in, where you know you you probably couldn't couldn't uh, 
have much impact till you were in your 30s <laughs> because you didn't right. know enough. This well, their world, just because of the yeah. Internet and the social media yeah. and all of that, it's just opened up their world so much that totally. uh, yeah. they're, they're a different generation, much more <laughs> aggressive than we were at that very age. Oh, yeah. But tell me how, let's get on to your business of the, your philanthropy, how you decided to call it that, and just how someone does start if they have not begun their own philanthropy work. Well, um, we, we really um, picked our name intentionally to focus Every, ourselves and everyone um, on the work that we're doing. And there's a, it's very important that we use the word your in front of philanthropy because everybody has their own thoughts and feelings about what it is. It's a, it, should, it is and it should be very, very personal. There is no right or no wrong way to do philanthropy. And yes. so um, that's the reason we call it your philanthropy and we um, had for a number of years been casually engaged with people who would come to us and say, you know, we want to start giving, but we don't know how to make that happen. Um, or okay. I would work with a, a small group of, of women, and um, they would be thinking about how they could start, start their giving, but they didn't know where to start, or they wanted to be more intentional. Maybe they'd been doing it, you know, off and on, but they wanted to get a whole lot more focused. And so... We really have gone into the work of helping individuals, families, even companies figure out mm -hmm. what their own generosity plan is. And I, I love that phrase. It comes from a book by Kathy LeMay, and I would highly recommend that to anybody um, that might like to, be, to read because it has great exercises in it that you can kind of work your way through from beginning to end of what would my own generosity plan look like, where would I start, whether you have... Yeah great means or you don't have very much and you're starting very small. Yeah. Yeah. I was the beneficiary of a couple of those work groups, so I know the benefit of working some of those exercises, I believe. The Spending a little bit of time to kind of figure out what is of value um, to us. Um, why it why it uh, we value certain things, certain ideas, and what organizations or what causes or or um, what areas we're interested in, what draws us. Spending some time to figure that out helps mm -hmm. almost all of us get more focused. Um, mm -hmm. And once we can be a little more focused, then we can um, create a plan for how we want to do more of of whatever it is, whether it's more of giving of my time. Or if, mm -hmm. if I want to give my time and my treasure, whatever amount that I might have to give, um, or even my talent, because we talk about time and we talk about money or our treasure, but we don't talk so much about talent. And almost all of us have a talent that we can share oh, yes. that mm -hmm. makes um, somebody or something or an organization better at what it does if we can share that. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, when we were growing up, I remember that so many of the standard um, 
nonprofits or what you would think about giving would be to the food bank or to Salvation Army or to some of those organizations that do good work. But now Mm -hmm. the community has expanded so that it is important that you decide what areas do you want to give to organizations needing food, feeding families, international organizations, education, medical. There are so many areas that you can specialize in and numerous nonprofits in each of those areas. So it's really important. It is, it is endless and, and, and expansive. It truly is. In a community the size of ours, which around 100,000 people, there are tremendous opportunities and they're developing all the time. But even in very small communities, if there's a listener who doesn't live in a very big city, there are still ways to be, to be involved and to, to contribute of your time. You have to simply sometimes be creative and look around and pay attention to what what's going on around you to find those places. Right. Um, but they're there. They're almost always there and right in front of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we'll follow the path toward what we're drawn to, it, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a message. <laughs> yes. And we, we need to listen to those messages that we're hearing. And even when we don't completely understand why we might be drawn to something, that's not totally important. I would follow the direction that I'm drawn to and see how it feels when I am actively uh, giving to or or, uh, volunteering with that organization. And I want to make a point about, we talked a minute ago about, you know, if you're making financial gifts to an organization and you're wondering how those gifts are really being used, it is always okay, no matter what level your gift is at, to pick up the phone and call the executive director and ask them. Um, right. Most of us are afraid that, well, if I write a, a, a check for 25 or $50 or $100, that's not enough. The truth mm. is the average gift to a nonprofit is $100. That's, mm. You know, that's a very common gift, and so those gifts are extremely valuable to those um, in leadership. And so and they, won't, they know that you're going to probably share with your friends whether you like what you're giving to or volunteering with, and so right. they're going to be much more willing to share with you the answers right. to the questions that you might have. Well, we will be taking a short break, and when we come back, we'll learn more about your giving picture. We return with more of Second Wind with Joyce Buford after this short break. Second Chances. We all deserve them, and we are all worthy of them. Second Chances. With your host, Midge Noble. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on TogiNet is like coming home to warm, fresh-baked cookies, a hug from Grandma, or an enthusiastic greeting from your dog. Second Chances, hosted by Midge Noble, a licensed professional counselor, is affirming, warm, genuine, validating, and thought-provoking. Second Chances is a place to be heard. A place to laugh, a place to cry, and a place to be seen. For more on Midge and Second Chances, check out MidgeNobleSecondChances.com. Then be a part of a show that will change how you think, how you feel, and what you do. Give yourself the gift of Second Chances and see where it will take you. So take a deep breath 
Open your heart, open your mind, and join host Midge Noble for Second Chances. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Familia, faith, identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old school ways of la abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself? Without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoda, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at the Wow Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program focused for and about women. This is a show about how to attain your dreams. Now to help you create the life you want to live to its fullest, here is coach and author of Celebrating 365 Days of Gratitude, Joyce Buford. We are listening today with to Don Franks, president of Your Philanthropy. And we're discussing just that, philanthropy. So she was telling us, or Dawn, you were telling us about uh, developing your philanthropy picture. Uh, and there was a question that, that you said about most, the average gift is $100 that people give. Um, mm-hmm. There's two things I'd like to ask you. First off, <clears throat> in giving, is it more effective for somebody, let's say they have $500 to give, is it more effective for them to give that $500 to one organization or to five different organizations or to 10 different organizations? Do you ever try to approach that that? philosophy of giving? Well, that's a great question. Um, And I think the answer goes back again to how personal philanthropy is. So if um, a person determines and when they've had some time to think about what the causes are that they care about and that they really want to have an impact on, if there Mm -hmm. are three or four of those and $500 is all you have to give, then Mm -hmm. in your heart says, I want to touch all three of those organizations, then you divide your gift. And you might even divide it, maybe not equally, but in some some ratio that says that this organization is touching people and has very significant needs and um, feeding and sheltering, and so I'm going to give a little more of it there. And this organization is educating, I'll give... Uh, significant number amount there, and what's left I'm going to give to this third organization because I do love my cats and my dogs, and mm-hmm. I don't want pets to go without homes. I, right. All of those things are good and okay. You just decide where you really want it to go. If your heart says, 
there's one thing that just burns for me that is the single most important thing, and that's where I want it to go. It's all of it goes to that one thing. That's where you put it. And that's mm-hmm. when I think a person should really heed the um, the and, and take advantage of the permission to call and ask questions and know more about the organization because if you care that deeply about something and you're giving at your greatest level to that organization, they ought mm-hmm. to know you're that kind of donor to them and you deserve to know more about what they're doing and how they're doing it. Right. Well, there's also the situation that sometimes, let's say you have three organizations that you're a supporter of. Sometimes those organizations, like organization number one, is working on a building program this year. And where you in the past has given have given a standard $100 donation, sometimes the donation needs to flex a little bit with the organization's needs. Yeah. Did you understand that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, there's no question about that. Um, uh, that when certain campaigns are going on, that sometimes the those organizations that you care deeply about really need a little more from you this year to make that happen. Um, yeah, and so that's where it's important to watch their newsletters and you know kind of keep up with the news and what they're doing so that you'll know when those moments come along. Um, And you're probably getting letters in the mail. (laughs) There's probably a letter in your mailbox that tells you this is a a big need for us right now. And so you know when those times are to respond. Right. So with a plan that's reviewed every year, somebody could sit down and maybe change their standard donation according to the needs of their different groups. That's exactly right. Yeah. And and just sift. Then there's always the dreaded, I've run out of my money, and how do I say no? <laughs> and how do I say no? Yes. Yeah. So we we hate that part about having to say no. But having been both on the side of this um, bridge <laughs> with this river in between us of both asking for money and when I was a nonprofit executive director and now helping um, individuals who are giving think through their giving. I am positive. I can assure you that even when you say no, if you, um, as long as that organization is not getting a sense from you that you're you're saying no, not ever, 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 don't ever call me, don't ever, ever send me another letter. As long as they know that it's no for now, I still care about mm-hmm. you as an organization. Mm-hmm. But it's no for now. They'll they'll be waiting for when you are able to give again. And they will yeah. be glad to have yeah. you back as a donor. Um, so a, a donor should not feel badly about making those decisions or making shifts from one year to the next because of one organization needs a, more, a little more this time, that sort of thing. That's all okay. The organizations themselves will survive, and they will be right there looking forward to welcoming you back when you mm-hmm. make the decision to give again in the future. Well, that's why I think your work in in promoting the plans, getting a generosity plan developed each year Mm -hmm. is so important for donors because then they have a clear vision of where they want their money to go and what denomination. And they just, they give also from a power of knowing 
it's not like haphazardly giving. Yes, it, that's exactly right. And if if I might take a minute to just kind of give you five words that I think are important to thinking about your own generosity and, and how you might plan that would be, mm-hmm. first of all, if, if think about the vision of what you'd like to do, what is it in the world you'd like to change, and then be really bold in thinking about how you might be able to do that in your way, in, mm-hmm. in whatever way is appropriate in your community or with your group of friends or family or um, the organization that works in that is, that cause in your community. And then being really true to yourself, being authentic, and um, and then following that by staying the course, in other words, being willing to do it um, for a few years to know that this is where I want to be and this is the right kind of giving and, and, and understanding where you have chosen to give enough to, to make sure that, that what you're doing is correct. And then just sharing with other people what you're doing so that they can support and encourage you. It's mm. interesting that some of the greatest fundraising is done by friends saying to friends, I've gotten excited and invested in this. Come with me. Mm. And, you, yeah. you know, and your friends join you. And yeah. that support really gives a lot of, um, um, it just builds up in develops even further what you're doing and uh, when you, when others join you in your cause and believe with you that this makes a difference. Mm-hmm. That's some really wise information you just shared. Um, it almost would be like you could almost get a group of friends to help sponsor something. Uh, what a great, great effort that would be and exciting. Tell our visitors how if they if we have not answered their specific question or if they have other questions, how they could get to your organization. Oh, absolutely. They can always email me. Um, I'll share my email address, which would be my name, Dawn Franks. D-A-W-N. F-R-A-N-K-S. Mm-hmm. At, and it's your, Y-O-U-R dash philanthropy i'll spell that p-h-i-l-a-n-t-h-r-o-p-y dot com um, and we have a website which you would find at www.your-philanthropy.com and there's a lot of information on our website as well we do some educational events and so if somebody saw something on there they might be interested in they can always contact us and learn more about it to see if it's something that they wanted to attend um mm-hmm. We're, our goal is to deepen um, philanthropy in the East Texas area and to grow that to the extent that people want to be better at what they're doing, be more thoughtful and more intentional about their giving, mm-hmm. and to be, to be there to help them walk through that, figure that out. That's our greatest, um, the greatest work we can do. Well, that is a huge goal. But I, I have seen you do it very well in our community. I've seen you in action. And um, I know what an impressive organization you are and your leadership. I've enjoyed uh, being participant of your organization, of your organizational skills in some of the organizations Thanks. that I like to support. So we have just a minute or so left. 
Are there any other words that you would really like for people to know about? Um, I, I think what I would leave your listeners with is, is um, to just take time to uh, find what you are most passionate about, what you care mm-hmm. the most deeply about. Know mm-hmm. that first and then look for the organizations or uh, the group of folks in your community who are doing that work. Um, because right. then I believe you'll right. feel the best about what you're doing. And, um, and then it, in many ways that plan will, will develop itself. And then be yeah. willing to always stop and review it. Ask yourself where yeah. you gave last year and if those are the places you want to keep giving. Write it down yeah. and look at it. Don, thank you so much for all of your wisdom, sharing your wisdom today. You and I could keep talking about this for hours uh, yes. because thank it is a passion for me. both of us. Oh, it was a treat having you here today. And I do hope that any of my listeners that are out there that have further questions would call Dawn and discuss with her, maybe be interested in participating in some of those group discussions that they have um, quarterly or biannually. I'm not sure of your schedule, but Dawn, thank you. Thank you for coming today and saying yes to being on this show. Women are always... Thank you, Dawn. Thank you so much. And good luck in helping all those families and individuals grow in their giving needs so that they can help others. And remember, philanthropy is about love of humanity. Thank you for joining us on today's edition of Second Wind. Join us again next week at the same time as Joyce and her guests share strategies of growth and renewal. You'll learn how to attain goals and dreams and create the life you want to live to its fullest.